Tom, are you okay? I lost her. Her? She was going to be this epic, trilogy-worthy character. I was going to be the hottest writer in Hollywood. But I can't get past Act One! You need some writer's group therapy. Hello, and welcome to Writer's Group Therapy. I'm Tom. And I'm Roshni. We're writers helping writers. Are you ready for your session? The doctors are in. And if you like what you hear, you can find us on Twitter at WG Therapy and also online at writersgrouptherapy.com. You can also follow me. I'm at Roshni Lumino. And I'm at Tom underscore Loveman. And speaking of things we found, we found an awesome writer who just released his first feature film. Welcome, Stephen Kogan. Hello. Thank you for having me. I am ready for my first session. Woohoo! So I understand Dance Baby Dance, which is your new feature film. You're wearing a lot of hats in that. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the film and all the things you do in it? Sure. It is an underdog type film. Think of like Rocky if Rocky was a tap dancer. So that's basically the story. It's about an underdog tap dancer who has to was trying to achieve his lifelong dreams, uh, facing great obstacles, overcoming horrible uh, knee injuries, and now he's at a point in his life where he's a little older than everybody else. Uh, they're all younger, healthier, probably better, but he still has that laser-focused dream, and he's going to go for it no matter what. And that's kind of what it's about. It's a feel-good story, and hopefully inspirational and fun and joyful and yeah, it was a lot of fun to make. How come I get the sense that it's uh, kind of autobiographical? Um, I, I wouldn't say completely. I mean, my, my uh, life as a writer in this business has, has followed kind of an underdog arc, up and down roller coaster like just about everyone else's. But I never tap danced before in my life, so I couldn't say that part's autobiographical. I have to teach myself how to do that. So then how did you pick tap dancing? <laughs> It's, it's a weird kind of story. I, I enjoy like walking on the beach, living out here in Los Angeles. It clears my head. It it's, uh, gets my imagination going. And so a few years ago, I'm walking on the beach and listening to music. And I happen to be listening to a lot of like old school soul back then, like Sam and Dave and Gladys Knight and the Pips and Stevie Wonder. And I just saw myself, and I don't know why, I saw myself tap dancing to those songs and it made me really happy. And so I put together that, and I've always loved underdog films. I kind of put those themes together and wrote the story, and away we went. And on the film, you uh, wrote and produced and directed? Yeah, I did everything. I wore way too many hats. I I wrote, I produced, I directed, I I tap danced in it, and I acted in it. So a lot lot to do, but it was a lot of fun. Wow. So how did you, I mean, since it is as you say, an underdog production, how did you find funding and, and find the time to do it since you were doing everything and not go crazy? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that is a challenge, not going crazy in general, but even more so when you're trying to do an undertaking like this. Uh, I really, when people ask me that, the simplistic answer is you got to have so much passion for something like this that you're going to fight through every obstacle, every wall, every challenge. And that really was the most important thing and then have a plan i felt i came up with a good business plan that i could present to investors we started with a crowdfunding and we raised thirty thousand that way and once we had some money in the bank we were able to go to investors and not be that dreaded 
you know, first money in for them, which is a disaster for when you're talking to investors, they just hang up on you or if they're polite, they just listen and then hang up on you. Um, so that was important. And then it was just a matter of, like I said, going around and raising the money. Now, what I, what I tell people, I actually wrote a book about the experience of making the film about everything from the fundraising to the writing. We put in a shooting script with notes about every scene, but the fundraising part, I think people in my position would be most interested in because I consider myself a horrible fundraiser, a horrible salesperson. And yet I found a way to do it. And again, it goes back to that, that word passion. And I would tell people who asked me, cause we've done workshops about how raise the money and everything. I'd say I used to out, out of college, I, uh, to raise a little money before moving out here. I'm from back East. Um, I tried selling fire extinguishers and I was awful. Everyone else in the room was like, it's so easy. You just go in and you scare people. And they're like, Oh my God, I got to have a fire extinguisher. It's uh, otherwise I'm in trouble. I tried twice. The first one, I just bored the people and they're like, Oh, go away. The second time I burned my thumb and just like, please leave in the demonstration. And it was, it was a disaster. So I, I realized then that I'm a horrible salesperson. I've never improved at it. And I hate asking people for money. I hate asking people for most things, but especially for money. So it was tough, but Again, I was so passionate about it, and I felt, I, like I said, I had a good business plan. And I just walked people through that with passion. And we did, I think we did five, I did five meetings with people. Um, and eventually, you start getting some, you know, uh, momentum and, and raising money. And, and that raises more money. And we were off and running. And that's how it happened. Wow. May I ask how much you raised total? Originally, it was 150000 around there. Wow. And then um, we had some major issues with budgeting. I hired somebody who didn't know how to budget, which is a problem. Um, so I had to raise a bunch more once we started filming, and that's we took off a little bit of time and did two pickup shots uh, uh, later in the year. We filmed actually back in 2016, March of 2016, and then did pickups in May and pickups in, pickups in August, and then post and uh, were picked up by a distributor last year and debuted this uh, past January. Wow, that's uh, I can relate to that very much since uh, I'm similar with my films. I funded them all myself because I didn't want to ask other people for it. So I, I can understand how difficult that process is to get going, especially when you already have a little problem you know, doing it to begin with. So that's fantastic. Um, so the film is now available on DVD, I believe. Is that correct? Yeah, it's available uh, on Amazon, Amazon Prime, iTunes, Vudu, uh, a bunch I've never even heard of. Xbox, it's available. Um, it just came out recently on DVD. Uh, we're actually on a new uh, channel on Roku where people can watch it for free. Uh, they have to watch commercials, but um, if they do have Roku, then just go there and there's... It's uh, on the Indie Rights, our distributors, Indie Rights, Indie Rights Free Movies channel, and there's like hundreds of free movies there to watch. So we are one of them in the drama section and in the comedy section. And in the since we did a, a theatrical release, we're in the cinema lounge, arena cinema lounge uh, section as well. Very cool. And you also mentioned that you're doing a new thing where you make comedy sketches for charity, which I think is actually beautiful and brilliant so t tell our listeners a little bit about that and how you got into that yeah i've always done like charitable things i run a nonprofit, uh, literacy nonprofit for at-risk kids 
and I've always wanted to give back that way, and I've always loved writing sketches and being in sketches. So I came up with the idea, what if we could have these kind of sketches where raise money just by people watching them? You know, I hear so many people tell me, I'd love to give more to this, but I just don't have enough. And then sometimes you do give to people and they inundate you more and more and you feel so guilty. And I don't think charity should be guilty, guilting people into giving money. You should feel good about it. Um, so this was just an idea where you watch something for a few minutes. Hopefully it makes you laugh and it, it'll raise some money for some worthy causes. So the first one I, we did, I utilized someone from my cast, Jim O'Hare from Parks and Recreation. And he was nice enough to do it. And this was a charity that he supported called the Tuberous Sclerosis Alliance, which I had never heard of. And it was uh, he introduced me to it. it it's a charity that helps kids and adults struggling with a rare disease that causes tumors in their organs and it's a causes it's a huge reason for autism and it, uh, people who deal with it the, the hardest you know could have 20-hour seizures and it's it's a really really heartbreaking thing so um, any awareness and money we're raising through these sketches uh, is a great thing and we'll be doing shooting another one very shortly and I'm also going to do it to benefit that charity and then future ones will benefit other charities. So once we get going, we'll really, you know, spread it around. Is that part of platform or is it just something you set up that like money raised through the ad revenues? Yeah, it's set up by initially it'll be sponsors uh, giving a certain amount per view. And then once we hit the YouTube ad dollar threshold, that'll take over. So, that's kind of the challenge is the YouTube ad to YouTube ad dollar threshold has been raised just this year. So it's much tougher than when I originally had the idea. Um, but it's okay. We're, you know, it's a startup kind of thing. So it's not, you know, doing gangbusters yet, but I think, you know, the more we do, the more we'll grow and the more people it'll help. I was wondering, I was actually watching the sketch earlier and I wondered how you picked the charity. So that's really cool that the other actor and the, and the sketch was like, no, this is something I believe in. Is that something you're going to do in the future? Like the other actor you work with can pick the charity or just happen to work out this way? No, that was the idea from the beginning that we would partner with people and it would benefit their charities. And that was, you know, partly was the incentive for them to do it uh, because they care so much about these causes that they support. Yeah. Um, I don't know if we'll always do it that way because we may not be able to make enough of them. You know, I want to make, you know, at least five to ten a year at some point. And it may just be me and, and you know, just just something real simple. And I pick some charity that I want to help. So I won't I don't know if we'll stick to that. But, yeah, we'll be doing a lot more of that. Also. That's awesome. So if people want to find you online, Stephen, yeah. where can they find Dance Baby Dance and your sketches? Uh, the movie is at DanceBabyDanceMovie.com. And there you can find all our social media icons are up in the I believe the right hand corner and um, we have uh, the Amazon link and the Roku link and the DVD link and all that stuff and then my personal one is stephencogan.com that's the big narcissistic one where my face is on it way too much and uh, but it's it, it links everybody to the movie and and to the book that I mentioned um, eventually I'm going to put out um, my business plan because like I said that that was so useful in helping us raise the money that I think it might be useful to people to see what I did and maybe they can look at it and, and not copy it word for word, but use it Definitely. for their own projects. 
<laughs> the best resource. Awesome. Great. Well, thank you so much for being on our show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yep. So everybody, make sure you check out Dance Baby Dance and Stephen Kogan's website, and we will see you next week.